this Tuesday, sunny Tuesday. We're all battening down the hatches for that pneumonia front that's going to come through. You live in the the eastern portion of the state, I guess. Uh, The east... Northeast winds are going to start blowing later on this afternoon, and it's supposed to go from a beautiful beautiful 78 degrees down to, like, 50-something. Uh, just, you know, batting it down, man. Get ready to close the windows. I hate, I hate even the thought of thinking of turning on the heat again. That's for sure. So welcome back to the program, uh, and good to have you. Uh, to everybody that's on the network now, we, uh, we, we appreciate you being here. Uh, if you want to call us, 877-867-1670. Hit us up on Twitter, at Bill underscore... Michaels at Bill underscore Michaels. You can hit Ben up at Ben Z Kenny over on Instagram. Instagram, the Bill Michael Show. The Bill Michael Show on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, which today, by the way, we hit 39,000 followers on our Facebook stream, which was kind of cool. That was neat. Uh, you got uh, you can subscribe for free on YouTube and on Twitch TV. So uh, you can find us there. Just simply Bill Michaels Show. Uh, and you can subscribe for free. And you can also hit us up via email, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. And uh, the website, thebillmichaels.com. Download the app. Uh, You can listen to us anywhere and everywhere. W-O-Z-N, The Zone Madison, W-O-Z-N, The Zone Madison. And you can always listen to the program uh, anywhere and everywhere. After the fact, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts. We are everywhere. Ah, uh, Eric says time to get out of the golf course. Yeah, get on the if you're on the eastern portion of the state, you get on the golf course early. I'd go now. I'd go right now. I'd bolt out of belt bolt. If you're going to play golf today, bolt out of the office, call it a day, get out now. Uh, I would do that. So in the NFL, there is a discussion. ESPN had an article that uh, there's three different periods of the off season. One is. You know, when you get into free agency, the second is the draft. And then after that becomes the free agent market and then ultimately the June 1st cuts when you can pick somebody up that has been cut as a cap casualty. You don't have to give, you know, compensatory picks for it or anything like that. And uh, that then begins the next phase of all of this. So there's some talk. You know, obviously, Zeke Elliott has made some statements or at least gave given some hints that he could possibly want to go to say uh, a couple of teams one being Cincinnati uh he had I talked about the Jets I think he talked about going to the Eagles too didn't he Ben yes he did he, he had mentioned Eagles it seemed yeah, Eagles quite one-sided them. yes um but then you get to the Packers then you get to the Packers um and who the Packers may or may not get. And they say it's frankly difficult to find a landing spot for 30-year-old Carson Wentz, who was only three years removed from being the franchise quarterback in Philadelphia. You all know what happened since. And for the 2016 second overall pick, uh, he said, I'm not going to rehash it, but Wentz, Wentz hasn't publicly announced that he's retiring for football. But as quarterbacks like Blaine Gabbard, Sam Darnold have signed uh, to take backup roles on Super Bowl contenders, Wentz's name has not been on anybody's lips. Uh, said one NFL executive suggested to me that Wentz might benefit from being out of the Northeast and away from major media markets. Green Bay fans are obsessed about their team as fans of the Eagles and commanders and such. 
uh, of course. But Wentz's QBR during those lone seasons in Indianapolis was low. It was terrible. Uh, in Philadelphia, it was bad. Uh, the issues with Wentz aren't going away. He's stubborn under center, um, extends plays to the point of creating mistakes, and he struggled to stay healthy. Now, the Packers, obviously, in a trans, excuse me, in a transition mode, uh, going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. And they, on their roster, they have Danny Etling, uh, a rookie fifth-rounder in Sean Clifford. And as they saw with Trey Lance a year ago, it only takes one hit for a succession plan to go awry. And while the 49ers were able to turn Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy with plenty of success, most quarterbacks drafted on day three uh, with zero career pass attempts won't play as well as Purdy did. So an injury to love would essentially end the Packers' season, which is an argument then for possibly signing Carson Wentz. So let me throw this out there. Ben, I'm going to go to you. I I know I'm going to go to you as the Philly guy. Because you saw this guy. I, I Look, other than saying he's been there, done that, there is nothing good about Carson Wentz. Am I lying? No. Uh, there's hope, I guess, that somehow he could reclaim the form he had six years ago now. But no. I, he doesn't fit the job description of a backup. And that's what I'll come back to. Because he has right. said, you know, he, uh, he's not currently employed. He'd be open to backup or starter roles. Oh, he would have to be. I mean, when you have no job, a job of any sort is better than no job at all if you want to remain in football. So, yeah, I I get it. He would probably say, you know, in his inside voice, uh, I want to be a starter. But outside, he has to say, I'll do whatever it takes to be on a team and blah, 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 and give you all the cliche crap because at that point, at this point, nobody wants you. Yeah, it's like, would he give the Packers a better chance to win a game if he is starting than Sean Clifford? I, I think 100%. But at that point, you're in a tough spot anyway. The last thing you want in a backup is a guy that in any way could be a distraction, be negative in the locker room, take focus away from the starter and from the team. Right. And at every stop he's been at, most notably Philadelphia and then in Washington, like his teammates don't like him. Right. There's a reason that there you go. He, he left those teams, and part of it was his injuries and his play definitely fell off a cliff. But if you saw how they played for Heineke compared to how they played for Wentz just mm-hmm. last year and then yep. go back to some of the stories from when he was hurt in Philly, it's like that. if guys in the locker room don't like him, I, I don't care how good you are on the field. I don't want a backup that, that the locker room is not going to like. That was going to be my point if you didn't make it is is for all the the negative that he brings to the table, just the physical skills of playing quarterback. They didn't like him. He's not a likable guy. And, you know, the Packers have been, for the most part, about the locker room, about the character and the makeup of the locker room. Why in the world would you want to bring a guy that has a proven track record of not being liked by his teammates, of just being a D-bag. Why would you want to bring that guy in? That doesn't make any sense to me. Would it make sense for him? Absolutely. Absolutely. It would, you know, because then you can make the argument, hey, I'm not going to this massive media market. I'm getting away from the hateful rabidness that, you know, was Washington fans who just hated the franchise. And Philadelphia fans who were just, you know, eyes upon me, and if I don't succeed, they're, they're going to let me hear about it. Uh, two, I can be a backup. 
I can maybe relearn my craft. I can go to a guy that's considered to be a successful offensive play caller, uh, you know, with Tom Clements, who's a good quarterback coach. I could maybe reignite my career. So all the reasons in the world for Carson Wentz to say, you know what, this might not be a bad landing spot for me. However, for the Packers to look at it and say, let's bring in Carson Wentz, a guy that's been traditionally not liked by the guys around him, I I don't think that's in the best interest of the ball club at all. All You're just, you're bringing in a body that's got experience to bring in a body that's got experience. That's it. And I don't know if that would be beneficial to the franchise. And Goody has been, if nothing else, he's tried to think of what's best for the franchise in a lot of areas. You know, for certain players that they did or didn't want to go get. He's kicked the tires on many. He's frustrated the hell out of us at times. And, you know, all in all, he just says, you know, I try to think about what's best for the franchise and the guys in the locker room. So... Uh, but, no, Carson Wentz is not a guy. Now they do talk about, I, I find it interesting enough, that um, the uh, the Mercedes Lewis to the Jets is still a possibility. Do you – why? That I, I, I kind of shake my head at. You are basically just putting all the guys around. I, I think this whole thing – of putting all the guys around Aaron Rodgers to show how much you want to support him from a team aspect, from a front office aspect, is good. However, however, it also puts Rodgers back into a comfort zone with the guys around him rather than forging new relationships with the guys he's expected to play with, that he's expected to elevate. I don't know if that's a good thing. It's one thing to have one guy, but you got Lazard, you got Cobb. Now you're talking about bringing in Mercedes Lewis. You got Billy Turner. Not that he was, you know, big on Billy Turner, but obviously Billy Turner went there because he wanted to play with Rodgers. But you know, I, I just, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, I, I part of me, like I've said all along, I, I want to see Rodgers play in New York. I want to see him do exactly what he's done here and inexplicable throws into double coverage, trying to hit his guy when other guys are open. And then I want to watch the postgame pressers and see what's said then. And, you know, and, and see what the excuses are because had your guy not been there, would he then have given other guys, other players, other opportunities? And that's what I find fascinating about what's going on in New York because they're doing anything and everything they can to just kiss his ass. Again, all the things that the Packers have done over the last couple of years, and it, it's i got to be honest, I, as much as I miss the optimistic talent that Aaron Rodgers brings to the field, watching what's going on and seeing a, a franchise drop to their knees – I, I I smile every time I read these kind of articles because that we just don't have that anymore, and it's kind of refreshing. So when you see that uh, you know that 
you know, Rogers denying the idea that he had, you know, handled the Jets uh, a list and said, I want to get these guys here. But, you know, Mercedes Lewis, the only active player remaining from the 2006 draft class, and he, you know, he's got more of a tactical role, we'll say, than Cobb at this point. Uh, you know, once a pass-catching tight end, now he's become more of a blocker and a protector. But the problem is the Jets don't really need a tight end. You know, they got Conklin, they got Azoma. Um, last year they used uh, the third-round pick on Jeremy Ruckert. They don't need Mercedes Lewis. So this whole thing about bringing Mercedes Lewis in and it keeps kind of, re, you know, resurfacing and regurgitating, I, if I'm the Jets, why would I want to do that? Other than the fact that, you know, what the Packers went through here in, in, in Wisconsin and Green Bay was to just strictly surround Aaron Rodgers with the people he wants. No, there's no conceivable reason as to why the Jets would bring in Mercedes Lewis. None. Ben, do you agree? I do. I do. It's okay. just like you think you're going to win with those weapons in New York when you've proven that you've had those right. same weapons in Green Bay forever right. and you haven't won with them. It's a true, yeah. like, how can we get Aaron Rodgers enough weapons? Well, shoot, if he's going to take all of them with him to New York, then I'd, what are we doing here? Yeah. Can we get Rodgers a new wide receiver? Oh, well, he finds a new team. Who's his new receiver? It's Lazard. The next big deal to go down, the next big deal to go down in the NFL. Now that now's the time you start to restructure, you extend and all that kind of stuff because you want to change some things salary-wise with your team and maybe going into the season money you can roll over and things like that. But there's two huge ones, huge ones hanging out in the balance right now. We're going to talk about those when we come back in the NFL and how much might be on the table. Because it could be just like crazy stupid. Just crazy stupid. Hey, we want to say thanks to uh, Craig and the gang out at Every Plumbing and Heating in La Crosse. They're, not only are they great people, but uh, they are a big supporter of the motorcycle ride as we continue to forge forward and get you ready for all the announcements and a lot of the details that are about to come out about it. But Craig says, hey, look, uh, we're looking for some really good licensed plumbers. And uh, whether it's residential or light uh, commercial and such, we're looking for good people. He will keep your call confidential. So if you want to give him a shout, 608-783-2803, go ahead and do so. But they're out there in La Crosse, Trempolo, uh, Jackson County, Monroe County, Vernon County, and just a, a good guy to work for. Third generation, which, by the way, that was founded by the Korean War veteran Clayton Every back in 1969. His son Dennis then took it, and then Dennis's son Craig is now taking it over and so if you're looking for a great company to call say you need a plumbing need a heating need ac need whatever it happens to be call them uh because of everything that they support including our motorcycle ride coming up on sunday september 3rd uh and we're going to leave from the harley davidson museum this year which is awesome so we're going to have a lot more uh, details and more information coming out about all this stuff soon but to get all of our friends out there in lacrosse 608-783-2803 608-783-2803 this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. 
Continuing on in this, uh, right now it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But uh, we know it's coming. The uh, the colder pneumonia vortex or whatever the hell it is, and it's going to come sweep in, and then uh, it's going to be gone, and then we're going to get back to more normal weather and temperatures coming up later in the week. Uh, that being said, Packers uh, get back into the OTAs and all that kind of stuff coming up next week. In the meantime, our guy Mark Schofield, SB Nation, uh, joining us uh, on the hotline and to talk a little bit more about all of this. Mark, how you doing today, pal? I'm doing well, Bill. Great to be with you again. Glad you guys are getting some some good weather out there. Yeah, finally. I mean, it's 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 yeah, it's been kind of kind of goofy for sure. So it's uh, finally once we get. Usually, it takes about the third week of June to get consistent warm and heat and all that kind of stuff. But anything this time of year will take. Uh, and I've only had to mow my grass twice, so I'm happy about that. I really don't uh, care. <laughs> so uh here's my question for you given the roster that the packers have uh, attempted to fortify and the players that they have uh i know the biggest the two biggest question marks we have here is one how good is jordan love going to be and whether or not joe barry actually plays an aggressive style of defense but give me your thoughts on this team in this particular division yeah, I mean, I, I think the point about the division is a big one because you look around the rest of the NFC North and, you know, judging by the schedule release and everything that they've done this offseason, it does seem like the league thinks the Lions will be very good. You know, they made a lot of additions, both in free agency and, of course, the draft, all the draft capital they had. You know, you look at Chicago and, you know, a similar situation. They had the trade so they can add a lot more players through the draft they had a lot of cap space so they made some free agency additions and then you look to the minnesota vikings and they're in this sort of this weird position where are they coming are they going you know they made the trade this week with the browns and you know they didn't have a ton of draft capital in this draft cycle is this the last year of kirk cousins and so i think when you put this packers roster which i do like when you put this packers roster into the bigger nfc north you know discussion I think this is a roster that can compete. I think this is, as you mentioned, the two big questions are Jordan Love on the offensive side of the ball, and what are we going to see from Joe in this defense on the defensive side of the ball? I like the pieces that are in place. I love the addition of the two tight ends of this draft class. It was a deep tight end class. I really like both of those players who I think will play a big role for this offense and what we expect this offense to look like under Coach LaFleur led again. You know, I liked in that fifth round on Tavian Wicks. He was a player that really sort of intrigued me, so I like that addition as well. You know, defensively, Lucas Van Ness, can you get more pressure on the quarterback? That's something that we want to see from this team. You mentioned, you know, can they play with a more aggressive style of defense? That's something that I think the Van Ness pick could sort of give a wink and a nod to. So on the roster, on paper, I do think this is a roster that can compete. But those are two huge questions. We know that. The quarterback, the defense. Those are two pretty big questions Green Bay is going to have to answer over the next couple of months. You kind of mentioned uh, a little bit about uh, the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Tell me about the Detroit Lions because, uh, you know, the, right now the pick to me is until you knock the Vikings off, the Vikings are going to be the best team in the division. They've got an offense that they can get it done. They learned how to win in late comeback games last year. Their defense was the question mark specifically down the stretch. Meanwhile, Detroit is sitting there. And they feel like, hey, the way they ended the season, knocking the Green Bay Packers out of the post, Dan Campbell had them raring, raring to go. The only big loss, and I know it's a big loss, is to lose to Jamal Williams, who was kind of that inspirational running back. But where do where does Detroit sit in all of this, in your opinion? 
You know, I think the Detroit Lions are serious contenders in this division. And, you know, I think, as you mentioned, you lose Williams, big part of that offense. But then you added David Montgomery and you add Gibbs via the draft to sort of complementary running backs. Gibbs very much an explosive, bursty type of back who I think they'll probably use a lot in the passing game as well as some of the outside zone, wide zone stuff that they like to do. You know, Montgomery is a perfect complement for that. And then you start looking around, okay, well, they draft a tight end. They draft a linebacker. You know, it feels like it was a draft right out of the, say, 1980s or 1990s, but those were positions of need. And we mentioned that tight end class. It was a, you know, very deep tight end group. And the fact that they added a tight end makes a lot of sense after, you know, some of the moves that they have made prior to that. So I think when you look at this roster, when you look at the pieces that they've added, when you look at how well they not only played last year, but as you said, finished last year, the way this team seems to have completely bought into Dan Campbell. You look at the Lions and you put it all together, that's a team that I think is poised to make a playoff run. And I remember saying last summer that the Lions were going to keep themselves in the conversation. They did that. And I'm expecting big things from Detroit this year. So we saw Tom Palacero earlier today say the Packers are bringing in a veteran wide receiver and going to work them out. And then there was an article that said, hey, the Packers need a veteran backup quarterback. If you Because they don't have a lot of money. So if you're Brian Gutekunst and you're looking at this division, you're thinking, okay, look, if my defense plays to what I expect them to play, the offensive line is solid, maybe the second-year guys in the wideouts start to play, it's just a matter of Jordan Love leading us there. Do you invest your money in an additional, say, a veteran wide receiver with this extremely young group? Or do you say, just in case we're contenders in some way, shape, or form in a very weak conference and or weak order, NFC North, would I go after a veteran uh, backup quarterback? Which direction would you go? I think given the, the, you know, what's in both of those respective position rooms right now, given that after Jordan Love, you have Danny Etlin, who, you know, hasn't done too much in his NFL career, and Sean Clifford, who... You know, yes, he had a nice Penn State career, but I, I think it was a surprise when he came off the board as early as he did. I know, you know, a lot of people, myself included, sort of thought that he was more of a, you know, sixth or seventh round pick, maybe an undrafted free agent. So to see him come off the board in the fifth round was a bit of a surprise. I think given that's what's behind Jordan Love, I think I would go the veteran quarterback route. Now, I'm Bill, somebody that's always of the mindset that, QB2 is a very important position on an NFL roster because, you know, if you've got a roster that's built to compete, if you're in a situation where, you know, you're one rolled ankle or twisted knee away from, you know, absolutely tanking the season because you don't have a solid option at QB2, you know, that's something to consider. And so I'm generally of the mindset that when you have an opportunity to address backup quarterback and improve behind your starter, you do it because of the importance of the position, because of how quickly seasons can go south if number one goes down. And so, you know, I probably would have said this regardless of what position you put it to. Uh, but again, they've got young, talented wide receivers. I think what we saw from Watson, certainly in the second half of the season makes me think that he's going to have, or is primed to have a big breakout campaign here. So I look so, uh, behind Jordan Love. I would yeah. add a veteran QB. Uh, with, with this team, and I, I go back to the defensive side of the unit, I mean, I know there's some question marks with when Rashawn Gary is going to return, when Stokes is going to return, both of which 
draft choices in the first round, but uh, you're sitting there technically with eight first-round draft choices on this defense, a defense that, depending on what statistic you want to use, was ranked about 17th in the league last year. What does this defense need to be when you look at them and say they have to support whatever mistakes Jordan Love makes to be a competitive football team? Do they need to be a top-10 defense? I think they need to be a top-10 defense in the start of the year as Jordan Love sort of settles into life as an NFL starting quarterback full-time. You know, I, I think as you get into the rest of the season, as you get into the rest of the schedule, you know, Green Bay does have the early bye. If Love is performing as well as, you know, certainly those in Green Bay believe he can, given the decisions that have been made over the past couple of months, then maybe they don't need to stay in the top 10. But I certainly think out of the gate, like you said, use that word support, right? Put him in the best position possible to be successful. Give him some short fields. You know, get a three and out here and there that, you know, gets that offense back on the field against a defense that might be a little winded. You know, it doesn't have to stay there necessarily if Love has the kind of season and has the kind of success that the Packers believe he can. Now, if that's a little bit slower to come along, if, you know, some of these weapons that Green Bay seem to rely on these younger receivers and the like don't come together if the offense doesn't gel in a similar vein to last year. Remember the discussions we had about, you know, we expected the defense to sort of carry the way they did it. The offense didn't gel immediately, and we saw the sluggish start. If something like that's replicated, then yes, this defense will need to sort of be a top-ten defense throughout the entire season to put this team in the best position to win. So I think certainly in the first half of the year, that if love settles in, they don't need to necessarily stay there. But if he struggles, if the offense sputters, then, yeah, the defense is going to have to really pull their weight. Talking with Mark Schofield of SB Nation, I, I do got to ask you, I mean, the NFL this year, there's the talk of, you know, flexing Thursday night games. They're selling it to Peacock. They're selling it to Apple. They're sell- I mean, you know, you've obviously got Amazon Prime. Um, I, how much, how much more dramatically do you see over the next couple of years salary caps going up? in the National Football League to where some of these contracts that could end up hampering a team actually will become rather minor when it comes to the full operation of a team. I mean, like you said, you see, you know, the YouTube TV getting the Sunday ticket. You see, you know, NBC paying $110 million to make a one playoff game of Peacock streaming exclusive. You know, the dollar figures that this league is pulling in with – you know, all the TV rights and the streaming services that they're now putting games on. It's, it's why you see teams like the Philadelphia Eagles understand that we can make Jalen Hurts the highest paid player in the NFL because, you know, we can sort of structure that contract in a way that the big numbers come at the late end of that deal because we believe that the salary cap is going to explode. You know, we're hearing rumblings today that the Bengals, and not that this is a surprise, but, you know, they're in contract talks with Joe Burrow about an extension. You know, that number is probably going to be very big when it comes out. But Cincinnati, probably in a similar vein, believes that, yeah, you know, if we back load this a little bit, by the time those, you know, 40, 50, 55, 60 million per numbers start to hit, the salary cap will be massive. And so it won't be this huge portion of our cap invested in one player. And so I think when you see the way the contracts are trending, when you see the kind of deals that are being done, I mean, again, $110 million for one game on a streaming service, the salary cap is going to explode in the next couple of years. I uh, wanted to ask you about the NFC in general. So we know what the NFC North holds. Tell me, because, you know, we all the time say, let's pick the top five in the NFC. We look at San Francisco, and San Francisco still unsure at the quarterback position. We know Dallas should be there. 
Uh, and then obviously there's Philadelphia, the defending NFC champion. Who else in the NFC is a true threat to the top spot? I mean, do you put the New York Giants in there after their run last year? Um, you know, maybe Seattle. Um, it's interesting. You look at that NFC West, and yes, the 49ers have the best roster, but Seahawks might have the most settled quarterback question because, you know, Purdy's hurt. You know, Trey Lance, you know, he's coming off of an injury. They've got Sam Darnold, and yes, there's some excitement about Sam Darnold in certain corners of, you know, the San Francisco world, but. I don't think there's really any idea that he's going to be the guy that wins the job and keeps it. You know, we look at Arizona and Kyler Murray's coming off of a knee injury. The Rams, Stafford had the, you know, spinal contusion. You know, so quarterbacks' questions unsettled in that NFC West. You know, the NFC South, you got maybe Derek Carr and the Saints as a team you look at. But, you know, I really think when all is said and done, you think about the top teams in the, in the NFC, you probably start with, you know, you look at the Vikings. You know, you look at, you know, the Packers, the Lions, two, two other teams, I think, in that division that can contend. You look at the three playoff teams coming back from the East. And maybe, you know, if Purdy's healthy and ready to go, maybe the Niners. But until that quarterback question is settled, you know, they're a very good roster, a very talented team. And Kyle Shanahan has certainly shown that he can get, you know, an offense humming regardless of who's a quarterback. And so maybe that's the way to look at it. Whoever emerges as the winner, they're going to be a good team because of what they've been able to do offensively in years past with quarterbacks like Garoppolo, like Purdy before he got hurt, like Lance before he got hurt. So, I mean, those are probably the teams to keep in mind when we start talking about who can come out of the NFC next year. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Packers schedule-wise, because it really is not a juggernaut. Um, you know, so I know everybody around here, the favorite time of year is to pick the wins and losses. Ben thinks they could win a little bit more and surprise some people, maybe get as many as 11. I'm thinking eight to nine, somewhere in there. Give me your thoughts when you see the Packers schedule come out and you look at it and you go, wow, this is not the juggernaut that uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously is facing in New York. So can Jordan Love get off to a fast start and get a few wins? You know, I think so. Like you said, when you look around at this schedule, you see some games where, you know, yeah, you got the two road games to sort of start things off. And one of those against Atlanta, a team that we're not sure what we're going to see from. and We're not going to share what we're going to see from Desmond Ritter. You know, yes, they have the early bye, but it breaks up two trips west, Vegas and Denver. You know, two, especially Denver, a tougher place to play, but you get an extra week to get ready for that. You know, adjusting for the altitude, and it wouldn't surprise me if Green Bay, you know, maybe heads out early to get acclimated to the conditions there. You know, so I think that's favorable from that kind of perspective. And then you look at the second half of the year, I mean, maybe that toughest stretch is at Detroit, Kansas City, then at the Giants, but then you get two NFC South you know, teams coming off of that. So I think, yeah, you look at it on paper, you can see this team get 10 wins, maybe 11 wins. But as you said, this is the most hopeful time of the year for any NFL fan because you see the schedule and you can certainly talk yourself into 10 wins, 11 wins if you're a fan of most teams, maybe not all, but most. You know, things can certainly change between now and then. But on paper, it's like you said, it's not the juggernaut that Certainly teams in the AFC, AFC East are going to be facing this year. Those AFC East teams, they get, you know, the NFC East teams on their, you know, on their schedule. So, you know, you're, like New England, for example, I think they get nine games against playoff teams from a season ago. And so the Packers, a little bit of an easier road as they look to get back to the playoffs. Hey, real quick before I let you go, and we talked about Detroit, we talked about Minnesota. Tell me a little bit about Chicago in the sense that, I still don't know necessarily what to make of Chicago. I know they seemingly have gotten gotten better 
you still have Justin Fields who can run. The The passer rating has not necessarily proven itself as of yet, but he's better than what I thought he would be. But you got D.J. Moore, you got Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, you've added the Equinemius St. Brown, Tyler Scott in your fourth round. It, does this team have enough weapons now to support a passing quarterback so he doesn't have to take off and run all the time? And then the next question is, how good will that defense actually be? Yeah, I mean, I think with the additions that they made, you know, around Justin Fields, and certainly I think adding the the right tackle, Donnell Wright out of Tennessee was a big addition as well. You know, this offense will be better. I think this offense will, you know, be a little bit more, you know, efficient in the passing game. I think the question is, can this offense be explosive in the passing game or, you know, is the explosive plays that they create, is that going to be generated through the run game? you know, through screens, short passes, and obviously Justin Fields and what he can do with his legs. I think the potential is there, but this is a critical year for Justin Fields. This is year three. This is when you hope that young quarterback takes the step forward. You know, what we saw with Josh Allen, what we saw last year with Hurts, that's what this organization is hoping to see from Justin Fields over the next couple of months. And so I think that's a big question. You know, the defense, you know, yes, they've made some additions, but I, I still think that this defense, while good, you know, particularly with what they've added at the linebacker level with Edwards and Edmonds, it will take a step forward. But it's sort of, again, how good can this defense be as the offense sort of starts to figure it out? So I like a lot of the, the additions that they've made. It's just a question of, okay, will the additions add up to what the Bears are hoping to see? Or is it, again, going to sort of sputter, be slow, rely more on Justin Fields as an athlete? And you don't take the steps on both sides of the ball that you wanted to see when you made these additions in, the, in March and April. Mark, always great to talk to you, my friend. I appreciate it. We look forward to another great football season, but we got to get through the uh, the doldrums right now until we finally get back into training camp, and then we'll chat again. Appreciate it, pal, okay? Sounds great, my friend. Take care. Be well. Thanks, bud. Talk to you soon. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline and giving us a little bit of a breakdown. And I... I just keep thinking to myself, you know, I still think Minnesota is the best team in the division. I think Minnesota has all the weapons to be able to excel. Do they have the defense to support them? I don't think Detroit's as good offensively as Minnesota, but I think overall they might be a better team than what Minnesota has. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the second-year head coach does in Minnesota and obviously what Dan Campbell does over there in Detroit. Uh, the X factor in all of this could be Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. How much have the Bears excelled? I, I'm not going to say the division's up for grabs, but it's probably the closest contested division that we've seen, NFC Northwise, in a long time. And how much does that bode well for the Packers? In a time of transition, how much optimism should you have as a Packers fan in this time of transition? It's 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 all fascinating to me. And uh, it's like part of me is, you know me, I, I love summertime. I love warm weather. I love, you know, motorcycles and boating and golfing and everything else that goes along with it. But it's like I can't get to football season fast enough because I just want to see how this whole thing is going to play out. It's given us a long, long time to be able to uh, to kind of break things down and talk about it. So, hey, speaking of breaking things down, they had a tremendous weekend at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. You know why? Because they continue to give away tickets to things like Brewers games, 
Obviously, once the Badgers start up, they'll have Badgers tickets. They have uh, Admirals postseason hockey tickets to give away. They are always doing something great out there at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, the home of the pig porker sandwich, but also it's meat raffles and charity events and things that they do right there in the lake. Not to mention, you just go sit outside. You get you know you get your food, you get your beer. You're watching, you know, the boats come in and out right there in front of you. It's just a very peaceful, wonderful setting. And they've got TVs everywhere so you can catch all the games. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Lakeview Boulevard, to be exact, out in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. Stop in, tell Ryan and his whole staff. We said hi. Really appreciate them being a part of the program. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.